Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA. Joining me from Boston, Massachusetts, where he's getting ready to go see John Morant play tonight against the Celtics. It's Thursday afternoon, by the way. We were supposed to record Thursday morning. Hmm. But there were flight irregularities, and so now we're recording Thursday afternoon. That is correct. Hello, fellas. That's Tim Bontemps. I was in Philly yesterday, working. You were in Philly this morning. I was in Philly this morning, also. And, and the, the whole morning. <laughs> Look, he, he was on a 6 a.m. flight. He was trying to get back to record the pot early. How am I going to get mad at him that he didn't make the 6 a.m. flight? I woke up at 5, hit the alarm, and woke back up at 6. Said, I don't think I'd make it to the gate in 20-minute walk in 10 minutes. So I got to change my flight. That's the other thing. Uh, joining us from Dallas, he's just back from the West Coast, Van McMahon. Howdy, partners. I was uh, the, McMahon. The, the, he was staying. He was staying in the airport. The hotel is in the airport. <laughs> it was. It was. It was an annoying morning. Uh, you know what, though? I, as much as I enjoy hating on Bond Temps, I'm not going to pile on here. First of all, we have plenty of reasons to hate on him. So, like, this is not really necessary to pile on. Uh, the scheduling of a 6 a.m. flight when you're working back-to-back game nights shows that you are a special kind of sick bleepity bleep. Uh, I personally do not function very well in mornings. Matter of fact, I was once demoted from a job. This lady from corporate came down. Somehow I only once? my way. <laughs> only once. <laughs> Somehow I weaseled my way into like a, a middle management position of a telemarketing company during my, my gap year in college. <laughs> And I'm, I'm like the quality assurance monitor. Like I also listen. only one gap year. Also, I mean, I've got so many comments on you being in telemarketing, you being in middle management, you in a gap yeah. year. Yeah. I me, mean, and my, I, me and my charm ahead. as a telemarketer and my, my responsibility, you know, my, my management skills. Anyway, so I'm like this, you know, middle management position and I'm working 10 to six. And so this lady comes in from corporate and she's like, uh, we need you to come in uh, at nine every day. And I looked at her, I go, I don't function before double digits. <laughs> you should have been like, you should be like, sorry, um, ma'am, I'm not done throwing up by 9 a.m. Yeah, like the, uh, <laughs> 10, 10 as early as I get. So uh, a 6 a.m. flight, I don't do real well with those. Well, I will say this. Uh, while Bontemps, uh, you know, had an issue this morning, I think it was either last week or the last week or the week before, he did take the same exact flight. So that we could record. So he did make it that time. What so. what what a team! I'm very player. familiar with the Bontemps Regional Shuttle from Boston to Philly. I'm going to be on it a lot the next uh, next yeah, few weeks. Sure. I I would just call it the Bontemps Shuttle, the BS. <laughs> it's good because a six a.m. flight is some BS. Yeah. Well, well, you know, it, it all worked uh, out. Made for good um, content. He was at the Knicks uh, Sixers last night, where James Harden said that the Philly crowd was the best crowd he's ever heard. Or something like that. He was very happy. Very happy. Sixers now 3-0. and We'll see when they start playing real teams starting tomorrow. Against Cleveland. Been a hell of a honeymoon. Yeah, It has been so true. far. Everybody yep. feels good right now. We'll no see question. about in a couple of weeks after they start playing real teams. Best it's team in NBA history. He really was energized from his vacation that he took uh, for three <laughs> weeks before. The which training. I was going to say, which one? <laughs> um, McMahon, you've got uh, Warriors uh, Mavericks tonight. Two teams kind of going in opposite directions, and we're going to start with the Warriors. Now it's always a little dangerous, and I mean, I'm in, I'm inviting the jinx as we talk about a game and two teams that haven't uh, played yet, and very easily could have a completely different result tonight and flop our discussion around. I acknowledge that, so whatever happens, happens as you're listening to this. 
Yeah, but, but they did play way, the other night, and the Warriors blew a 21-point lead at home. So, that's true. you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's troubling. So the Warriors are in danger of, like, forget about catching the Suns. Even with the Suns, you know, CP3 out maybe the rest of the regular season. Booker's got COVID. Like, the Suns would have to totally fall apart for anybody to have a chance to catch them in the West. For By the way, they, their first game without Booker and Chris Paul on the Wednesday night, they won by 30. Yeah, yeah, I was at the I was at the game doing work last night and I got back to the media room and I looked up at the screen. It was 108 to 78, I think, in the fourth quarter. I said, well, I guess the Suns are going to be at least OK uh, yeah. while they wait for these guys to get back. The, the, as we sit here on Thursday afternoon, the Suns lead is seven on Golden State and yeah. Golden State's lead on Memphis. That's is, it. Is a half game. Uh, just so, one so, game so right. Half. So obviously the, the, the Warriors, it's, it's at this point, it's not about having a chance to catch the Suns. It's about holding off the uh the the grizzlies for that two seed and and really i think more than anything for the warriors it's not even about seeds obviously i think it's it's a significant advantage to be a two and play a team coming out of the play in versus playing either the the mavericks or the uh the nuggets in the first round but for the warriors it really is about getting draymond green back you know getting hopefully a healthy version of draymond green back uh getting clay thompson into you know or at least as close to peak in rhythm clay form as possible and and for them to be playing well going into the playoffs because i'm sure they feel like look if we're healthy if we're playing well two three whatever seed it is uh they, i'm sure they feel confident in their chance to to run through the west but if they're not healthy if draymond's not right you know if, if clay's not uh himself they might not be in the playoffs very long so listen to these, uh, you know, and again, I acknowledge as I give these stats that watch them make like 24 out of 43 threes tonight. But in addition to some of the things that they're struggling with, which uh, Bontemps, I'm sure we'll go over in a minute. Um, they So they're five and six since February 1st. And that is basically the time where they've lost touch with Phoenix uh, at the number one seed. Since February 1st, going into tonight from three-point range, Steph Curry, who's having one of the worst shooting seasons of his career. I know he's been a little bit better since the new year, but uh, since February 1st, he's shooting 35% on three. Can, can, Andrew, can, can we include his all-star stats just to make him look <laughs> a little bit better? <laughs> yeah, that'll, uh, you, you may not. I deny that. Um, Andrew Wiggins, all-star starter, uh, 36% on three since February 1st. And his game is, is you got to do this when shooting. you say all-star starter. <laughs> not everybody's watching for, for the list for the listeners mcmahon is putting it in quotation marks right um jordan pool who was just spectacular early in the season you know, filling in the clay thompson role and he was never like a dead-eye three-point shooter he was streaky from the outside um he was only shooting 35 percent on three mm-hmm. through february 1st but he obviously had games where he would sort of carry them when steph was struggling he's only shooting since going to the bench or you know a little bit after going to the bench, but since February 1st, 25% from three-point range. So that's not very good. Attempts, as we discuss, like some of their other challenges, like the thing that's, you know, their shooters, the bread and butter of the, of the Warriors uh, are not getting it done. Yeah. And I think, I think that comes down to a couple of things. Like the man said, a ton of this is about Draymond Green. Yep. Obviously everybody talks about his impact on the defensive end, which is obviously massive. Um, he also, a lot of times is their de facto point guard, even when he's out there with Steph, he's orchestrating the offense quite a bit and he's setting guys up for shots. And when you don't have that guy out there, 
I think, especially when you look at the rest of Golden State's roster, and they really don't have another guy that can do that on the roster besides Steph. It that's going to, I think, have a pretty big impact on these guys getting cleaner looks. The other thing is, like you said about Jordan Poole, you know, the introduction of Clay Thompson, not surprisingly, has thrown a lot of things out of whack. Andrew Wiggins has seen his play take a step back, like you said. And Poole in particular, since going to the bench, his minutes are down a bunch. His shots per game are down a bunch. He's a guy, like you said, that's not really a spot up like, you know, J.J. Redick, Kyle Korver type of shooter. He's a guy who's going to have the ball in his hands, kind of get in a rhythm that way. Having a lot less touches of the ball, a lot less minutes on the court. I think it's been hard for him to adjust to that. And I think, you know, in addition to needing to get Draymond back, I think Steve Kerr has to tweak his rotation around a little bit to try to get pool some more touches, some more time out there with Steph Curry, um, because it, the mix just isn't really looking very good right now. And I think it goes beyond just the obvious that they, um, they get Draymond back. And real quick to McMahon's point about seeding, like not only is it important, I think, for Golden State to have the two seed, because I think it is vital to avoid being in this three to six morass where you're playing one at Denver, Dallas, or Utah in the first round, all way better than whenever team, including yeah. the Lakers before anybody starts to yell at me about them who comes out of the play-in tournament. But Memphis has had Golden State's number to a degree already the past couple of years. And if they play that series in, and it starts in Memphis, it's going to be a real hill to climb for Golden State to beat them, even if they are healthy. So I, I think whoever can get that two seed is going to have a massive advantage both because of the the path being easier and that home court in that series, I think could make a massive difference. Yeah, although home court didn't make a difference in the play-in last year when it's Memphis fair. went to San Francisco and, yep. and knocked the Warriors out there. You know, I agree 100%. For, when you think of Draymond Green, the first thing you think of is one of the great defenders of this generation, but they miss him so much offensively. I, I would be curious to look at one of those nerdy uh stat you know sh uh, shot profile charts with Steph Curry's <laughs> the shots that he gets with Draymond Green on the floor and the shots that he gets without Draymond before because not only Draymond you know he, he's not just the point guard the facilitator you know the guy who a lot of times is bringing the ball up for even if he's not he's he's their lead facilitator you know he's he's their best screener he's the guy who gets them out in transition a lot when they when they do get stops um and you know people don't think of Draymond as a as a great offensive player. He's a single digit scorer right now, but I, I think that we've got a lot of evidence in his absence of just how impactful he is for them offensively is, is kind of the, uh, you know, the oil in the engine. So one thing is he has started working out with them again, a little bit. He was out on the court, I guess this morning for their shoot around there in Dallas. Uh, James Wiseman has been working out a little bit. Um, they've got no timetable on his return. He's been going back and forth with the G League. You know, they're susceptible at the big man spots. Kevon Looney is having a good year, but when he comes off the floor and he just can't play huge minute yeah. loads, I mean, he gets into foul trouble too. Um, but um, it's, it's a challenge for them in the big man position. And look, there's a lot of bigs to have to deal with out West. You start looking at potential, you know, combatants. You, we've talked about Aiton. Obviously, you have Jokic, and it's not like these guys are going to be singularly defended in the post like it's 1976. But you know, it helps to have a guy to protect the, the front of the rim 
uh, when your perimeter defense breaks down. And well, and you've also uh, got Steven Adams, human road grader in Memphis, yeah. and one of the best offensive rebounders in the league. Not to mention Jaron Jackson Jr. Like that's that's a ton of size for them to deal with. Well, not, not to mention John Steve- Morant, the leading paint scorer in the league. <laughs> right. Well, you better right. have some rim protection to have some hope against right. him. So right. the thing is, you know, Steven Adams, like, Mem- what does Memphis do like better than anybody? They score in transition. Steven Adams grabs the ball and he turns and his brain is now programmed. Fire a pass up to a streaking guy going down the court. And a lot of times it's John Morant and off the Grizzlies go. And that's going to be, to me, one of the big things about playing the Grizzlies in, the, in, a, in a playoff setting is slow them down. Slow them down. Make them play in the half court. And you need, frankly, to slow a game down. You need a big man. So I'm not saying that, you know, Draymond is going to, you know, he, he, that's not his style, but you bringing back one of the best big men defenders in the league, if he's healthy and James Wiseman is really tall. And uh, I don't know what to expect from him, but he, he's tall and athletic. I, I still don't know if he's a plus or a minus in a playoff series right now. We don't know much about anything about him. Well, I was going to say we've, there's been a lot of talk about uh, the guy in new Orleans, who's been invisible this year. There's been, sort of a similar invisibleness with James Wiseman, where there's been all sorts of varying updates on his potential return that is just sort of gradually move farther. Well, that's what I mean. And it's just gradually move farther and farther back in the season where now we're in early March and we still don't really have a clear sense of when this guy might actually play. So. Is invisibleness a word? I've always thought it was invisibility. Usually the vocab words you're teaching me, but let me well, help there you, you go. on that one. There you go. First time for everything. Yeah, so Golden State um, gets – so, I, I mean, I don't know if you – you know, I've learned in the league over the years, don't get too fired up about how a team may play, especially a competitor in or a contender in uh, in February. So yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say, boy, we see red flags, but – Yeah, it just – it all comes back to Draymond's back. Like, if his back and calf are functioning and he can play, they've got a shot to win it all. And if not, they're in yeah. – I mean, it's like, you know, sometimes this is pretty reductive. That – you know, with the Golden State, it's pretty simple. I, I will say, you know, we've talked a lot about, well, Jar Luca, you know, when we're thinking about second that second guard spot in the All-NBA team, uh, I think it might be Ja and Luca with Steph going to the second team if, if uh, Steph doesn't finish strong. Hmm, interesting. Well, like I said, he's having – he is a career – let me get his stats. He's a career 43% three-point shooter. Uh, I'm going to tell you, cause you know, even when he was at the top of the, the last year, he had an exceptionally great season. Mm-hmm. Um, my computer is being slow. I'm not being able to call up his stuff, but he's, he's, he's at like 37% on the season, which is still really good. And if you have a 37% uh, guy out there shooting threes, you want to, you know, you want him to, to shoot, but this is a guy who here, let me get his, uh, so he is this season is at 37%, 37 and a half. We'll call it 38. Mm-hmm. Last year he was at 40 through 42. His career is 43. He has never, other than the season uh, right. a couple of years ago when he had a five, when he only played five games, when he broke his hand or wrist or whatever it was, he's never had a season where he shot less than 41. And like there's a whole bunch of years in here 45, 45, 44. Um, like I said, last year, 42, he wins the scoring title 38. And you may say, well, it's not that big of a difference, but this is a guy who's a huge difference. consistently shot at a high level for a decade and he's down this year. So, um, you know, their margin for error shrinks when he's down like that. And by the way, 
Clay is putting up good numbers. Um, you certainly wouldn't have any, you know, considering what he's coming off of, the fact that he's averaging 17 points a game and, and, um, and shooting the ball, you know, really well. He, right now, if the season ended today, would have the lowest three-point shooting percentage of his career. It's still very good. It's 39, but, you know, it's, it's, he's never shot, you know, in the 30s in three-point in his career. So I maybe he'll come back and get higher above that. But, uh, okay, before we talk about their competitor tonight, the Mavericks, we have our CarMax trivia brought to you by CarMax. Shop online and on the lot with home delivery in select markets. And that means it's Bond Temps time. It is Bon Temps time. Bon Temps and Tim, uh, Matt Williams time, I should say. Shout out to uh, Matt Williams. Stats Williams on Twitter, our great stats guy, an invaluable resource for all of us in our group. Uh, I'm pulling up the stats here. So uh, we talked about Memphis a little bit. So the other night, John Morant had 52 points, set the Grizzlies franchise record, also became the Memphis Grizzlies also were the last team that didn't have a 50-point score. So mm. now every team has a 50-point score in the league. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. So I had Stats Williams pull up the all-time I thought, scoring leader. I thought leader. Big Country Reeves might have had 50 back in the Vancouver he days. He didn't have I 50. Because ja, Josh set the record. Josh set the record, franchise scoring record, back-to-back games. He had 46 and then 52, which I asked Matt separately to look up, and it hadn't happened since uh, – Somebody did it for the Minnesota Timberwolves in like their third. And Tony fourth Campbell, games. wasn't it? Yes, Tony Campbell in yeah. the first like third and fourth games of their franchise's existence. Amazing, uh, which which is sort of how that stat is going to go otherwise. But um, there, uh, so I had Matt look up uh, the all-time leading score in a single game for all thirty NBA teams. There are six of them that are active players with their current team. So like John Moran is the active leader with the Grizzlies with 52 points. He's obviously one of them. Who are the other five? The other five. Mm. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good, I'm going to go Steph. Steph. Yep. Uh, incorrect. Oh, oh, cause Will Chamberlain. Oh. Will Chamberlain. And it? it's funny. It's funny because Will Chamberlain scored hundred points at a game 60 years ago yesterday. James Harden's debut. Was- Philadelphia Warriors, right? Philadelphia okay. Warriors. That is correct. All right. All right. We're off to a question. bad start. We're off to a Devin, bad start. Devin Booker. Man. Devin Booker's one. Yeah. Uh, that is correct. Points. Yeah. Yes. That yeah, is correct. Devin, so All Devin right. Booker's one. Actually, um, I apologize. The answer is six because I missed Devin. It's there's six God, guys. Devin Booker's you, one of them. Man, come on. You're almost as bad as Wendy. I this. skipped, I skipped over him in the list of guys as I was going through. So Devin um, Booker okay. is one of the six. There's seven. Dame, guys. L- Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard is one of them. Uh, Trey Young's not one, is he? Uh, Trey Young is not one of them. Uh, Dominique, Bob Pettit, McMahon's favorite player, and Lou Hudson all scored 57. <laughs> Bob that Pettit the on the pod the multiple weeks in a row. I'd have lost that. I'd have lost that wager. I got um, a lot of comment. I got a lot of comments this week about McMahon's uh, Bob Pettit slander. I don't believe that not, a lot of people were talking to you about Bob. I, have, I got multiple comments about Yeah. It. And what was the average age? Like, 63 of the people whining no. about that did, did, did yeah <laughs> no, i did have, ask bob everybody I did ask who bob, bitched about that used to have black and white tv I, i'll put it that bob way. ryan does not listen to our podcast but i did ask bob ryan about your comment and he of course was indignant uh <laughs> not a big we're not a very long rant about how great bob pettit was and listed off every stat he listen, had in the nba finals bob pettit finals. would make a hell of a ninth man in today's nba <laughs> oh okay relax uh, there, you, there you go carl carl towns Carl Towns, fifty-six points is one of them. So so, so far you've got two, three of the you've got three of the six. Three of the six. Uh, Beal, yep. Bradley Beal, 
had uh, oh. 60 in a game. He and Gilbert tied for the record. I was going to say, Wiz. I thought I would have thought I thought for a second. I said, no, Gil had to have it, it was that uh, it was that game last year against uh, the Sixers when Brad got 60. I don't think y- Giannis, freak. Giannis is not. Uh, yeah, I didn't the answer think so. for the Bucks is Michael Red at 50. Wow. I don't guess Kareem, lost. but yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. Michael Red was hot Tatum? for a couple not years. Tatum. Tatum. Jason Tatum. Tatum Jason Tatum. Okay. Jason wow. Tatum and Larry Bird combined to score. Uh, combined. They each scored 60. So there's one Larry, guy. Larry one Bird guy and I left. once combined to score 60. Larry there's Bird. One and guy. Yes. You and Larry. You and Larry Bird. There's one guy left. There's no way it's like Fred Van Vliet, is it? That is the answer. Wow. wow. I mean, that's a poll. Good, Fred good work. Fred had 54 last year. That's a great. Okay. Uh, All right. I congratulate right. myself. So yeah, that's a that's a good guess, McMahon, because it's a young, still a young team. It's a yeah. two other. Team. There's two other uh, related trivia questions. To this there's two guys that have the, the record the longest for multiple trivia segment ever. Well, wow. CarMax there's... getting his money's worth, baby. Wow. They're going to be cars flying off the lot. <laughs> we got uh, there. There are two guys that have the record for two franchises. LeBron. LeBron is one. Two active guys, you say? Two, two act- guys. No, period. two guys total. So what is LeBron active? Yes. Uh, yeah, he scored. He scored sixty for the Heat, and he had I don't know what his. It's sixty-one for the Heat, and he had fifty-seven for is the it, Cavs. He and Kyrie. The other one's not active, so it's not KD. The other one shouldn't be hard. It is an active. How many teams has James Harden played for? Not James Harden. It's not James Harden. You said but not active. Shouldn't be hard. It is. Oh, it's Will. Duh. Yes, it's Will. Okay. Will oh, is, not Will active. is the answer. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Among his scoring records. What's and, the uh, Mavericks? What's the Mavericks scoring record? Dirk with 53 in that, that famous is, shootout with T Mac. And uh that is oh, correct. Luca's, Luca's been he's been nearing that thing. He's he's had 49 and 51 and 46 just in the in the last few weeks. Uh, I think but really Luca's the week before the all-star break. The one, the one other one that I thought was fun from this is what franchise has the oldest record? Well, like who's, the old, who's the who's who's the oldest? One of the Wilt ones. It's not Wilt. You oh, never. I, I said Bob yes. To, I said Bob yes Pettit. to franchise. Dude, dude, are you well, trying to? Are you it's trying actually to at me to death here. A, well, it's actually a guy you probably have never heard of. It's uh, Jack Twyman who scored fifty nine for at that point the uh, I believe Cincinnati Royals, which wow. are now the Sacramento Kings. I was asking the franchise, not the player, but I mean, come on, dude. There's the Jack Twyman is Carmack trivia question. He made of the year is named after Jack. That's right. I have heard of him. I I couldn't have told you he ever scored 59 (laughs) in the game. (laughs) Well, there you go. There's your trivia question of the week. All right. That was a good one. Um, So the Mavericks. So by the way, Jackson, our producer doing the research, big country Reeves career high 41. For the Vancouver Grizzlies, let it be written, let it be said. I mean, can we at least get a Sharif Abdul Rahim shout out if we're going to dip back into the Vancouver days? Come on, how now. about how about former Grizzlies great um, Mike Bibby? Well, you know who held the if, franchise. If you get that joke, Job you're right. <laughs> Go ahead. It was Mike Miller. Oh yeah, love Mike Miller. Good man. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy? is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, 
eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts. 122 million. For your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. So, McMahon, on New Year's Eve, God knows what you were doing on New Year's Eve. But on New Year's Eve, I was I was I tested negative for COVID at like 1045 PM, but I was I stayed home responsibly. All right. And on New Year's Eve, the Dallas Mavericks were 17 and 18, and I believe ranked 19th in the league in defense. And things weren't looking so great. Luca was, you know, he was just about to come back from his extended absence, his re- get his ankle right and get his the rest of his body right absence yeah. a few of a few weeks. They 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 played in Sacramento that night. And uh, or that afternoon, a six o'clock game. Well, I guess night, whatever. And um, they won. And since that time, that got them to 500. So they hit, they hit New Year's at 500. Since that time, they are 20 and seven mm-hmm. uh, going into tonight's game against the Warriors. They have a, a homestand here um, uh, where they've got the Warriors and the Jazz come in later as well. So that should be a good matchup. Um, but they've got a chance to maybe get even some more momentum here at home. Um, just uh, came off of a, of a road trip where they won in Miami, which Miami until they got beat the buzzer beater. Well, it wasn't I, you know, two seconds left. Drew holiday. Wednesday yeah, Miami, had close one enough. Loss. Miami, had one, Miami had one loss in a month and it was to the, to the Mavericks in Miami on a um, night when Luca was five of 19 from the floor. Yeah. So during that stretch, uh, from the uh, New Year's Eve onward, the Mavericks are third in the NBA in defense. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, they're since, if you go since January first, they're second. Okay, I started with point seven. Yeah, I started with their that win. So yeah, so one of the best defensive teams in the league in that stretch, um, and uh, absolutely just terrific. Um, production from Luca in this, you know, looks spry, um, making all kinds of plays. The game in LA the other night, I mean, everybody's focusing on the Lakers and that's natural, but the game in LA the other night, they made eight consecutive shots in the, like inside five minutes to basically put that game away. And like three of them were like impossible difficulty that Luca just made. It was just like, but, but but people were talking about a shot that Luca made in the first half in Dallas after that game, they were talking about Luca going up, 
grabbing a rebound and throwing down a putback dunk on Dwight Howard's head and then scowling into the crowd. Legitimately didn't think Luca could do that when I saw it. I was Luca's that was a got, stunner. He has five dunks this year. He had one before the last month or so. He's got four in the last month. That one obviously of spectacular fashion. And so there's a lot of talk about that dunk after the game. And look, Luca wasn't getting up like that early in the season when he's weighing, you know, in the 260s, high 250s. He's in the mid 240s now. It's a different Luca. And you can see just look at Luca's uh net rating. He was a, a like a minus five and a half in the regular season, the 2021 part of the regular season. You know, when he's dealing with the ankle, when they shut him down to get healthy, to get in shape. Since he's come back, I, I, I don't have it right in front of me, but he's a plus, like it's like a 12. It was like a plus 12 last I looked recently. So it's right in there, like plus 12, plus 13. And so, you know, and, and Luca, he, he acknowledges like he came in out of shape. It, it's made a huge difference. And when I asked him, you know, how much bouncier do you feel now than as opposed to early in the season? And he's like a lot bouncier, but he said the biggest difference that he really feels is that he's able to finish games strong. He's not out there huffing and puffing and, and tired and fatigued late in games. And suddenly the Mavericks, who were the Mavericks on February 3rd, this is right after they lost an overtime game at home to Oklahoma City, where Luca had a massive, um, you know, just brain fart defensively, OKC tied up uh, at the end of regulation. They, at that time, were dead last in the league in clutch defensive rating, 130.1. Dead last in net rating in the clutch, minus 34.5. Since then, <laughs> their clutch defensive rating, 77.1. Sun's net rating, like. plus 42. They're 7-2 and two in those games. Luca, you know, with the exception of uh, when Gobert was able to get a few stops on him, one of which the NBA agreed with Luca the next day. Oh, yeah, Gobert did kind of rake you on that one. But with the exception of that, Luca's been able to really kind of take those games over um, as a guy who's driving to the basket, sometimes creating for his teammates, a lot of times getting his own stuff. A lot of those, like the fadeaways that he hit over LeBron, that type of thing. But they're just a dominant defensive team. Uh, down the stretch of games in particular, and that's not happening if their superstar you know, needs an, an oxygen mask in the fourth quarter. To your point, before January 1st, Luca 106.7 offensive rating, 112.2 defensive rating, minus 5.5. After December 31st, in 2022, 113 offensive rating, 103 defensive rating was on the court, plus 10.2. So it's okay, a 15 so point it, swing. It, it's dipped a little bit since I last looked it up, but still it's 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 a massive, massive di- and it's the difference between hey, you know, when we're talking because Luca was averaging like 25, 8, and 8. And so you're like, well, he's still pretty damn good, but he was not helping the Mavericks. He was not a good player in terms of he he wasn't the, the Mavericks, they their record was decent, but he wasn't the guy who was making it go. Now he looks like um, an MVP candidate again. Absolutely. He is playing like the guy who was an MVP candidate, a first-team All-NBA selection the last couple of years, and, and better because um, as he informed the, the Clippers bench with a few profanities mixed in, I play defense now. <laughs> um, how much credit are we giving Jason Kidd? Um, a lot. Yeah. Have to. A lot. And Sean I mean, Sweeney. It- you know, the, the, the redhead flat top 
uh, guy who Jason <laughs> Kidd hires at every stop. He, he's their right. defensive coordinator. So, you know, I, I, I give Sweeney a ton of credit um, for the, the X's and O's and the scheme stuff. And Kidd obviously gets some of that as well. I give Tid, Kidd a ton of credit for getting these guys to buy in. And, you know, Porzingis was buying in too when, when he was here. Um, obviously, he just wasn't available a lot. But as a, a the whole of the team, getting the buy-in from these guys who, frankly, were – there's a lot of misery in Dallas for the last couple of seasons. I've, I've, I've covered that with the disconnect with Rick Carlisle and the locker room. Kid came in, and, and Kid understood the mistakes he'd made at previous stops. You know, maybe maybe some of those relationship uh, – missteps that he had at the previous stops and he really leaned in to you know if he was going to err on uh, in, in communication it was going to be too much communication you know yep. if, if 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 he had to kind of look silly like people laughing and making him a punchline with the whole leadership council thing well he was gonna he was gonna do stuff like that to make his players feel like there was a, you know, it was a two-way street to make them feel like there was a, a bond there. And they absolutely have bought into uh, what J. Kidd is, is selling. And then the, the success leads to more success. You know, suddenly it's become a huge pride thing. And, um, you know, the other thing, Dorian Finney-Smith, like there's a reason that they signed him to that extension. If the Mavericks have an all-defensive candidate, it's that dude. It's that dude who... You know, there's he's going to guard Steph Curry a lot tonight. Listen, you know, other man, nights he's the, guard the, other the best night wing, against the best Lakers, fours. The other night against the Lakers, the Lakers couldn't even. I mean, not that they should be held up as the shining star. They they couldn't even run offense against the Mavericks in the fourth quarter. Like they yeah. just, you know, well, and, and when they came back, possession was, died. Yeah, and when they came back, it's like, hey, LeBron was pulling up from the logo. LeBron got hot there. In the third quarter, hit some stuff from the logo. But like you said, it, it came down to the fourth quarter, and the Mavericks shut them down. You and don't come back a, from down 20 the game before without defense either. They, yeah. they So, yeah, you're talking about here's this road trip. They go, uh, you know, starts off with a tough loss uh, at Utah. Uh, they go to San Francisco. They come back from, as you said, 21 down, 19 down. In the fourth quarter, the the Warriors, I believe, missed 11 straight field goals at one point. So you're shutting down Steph Curry's Warriors in the fourth quarter. Uh, off night in L.A. just before Luca's birthday. Luca stays in <laughs> on his birthday. You know, f- <laughs> come out strong, and then and then the Lakers come back. But you finish strong against the Lakers. Another off night in L.A. Fly home today. So uh, you know some, I, some good you times and some great did, finishes. Did you stay in on your off nights in LA? Uh, so I had one off night in LA. I was I uh, you know my lady actually flew out to to meet me in LA. Uh, she met some of our uh, some of our colleagues. We went out and had a a nice dinner. But I was responsibly back in the room by eleven p.m. Okay. Uh, when I have adult when I have adult supervision, I am fully capable of acting <laughs> like an adult. All right. Um, Jalen Brunson, who, uh, might end up being like, um, the real number one free agent of this summer, because like, mm-hmm. I don't think Zach Levine's going anywhere. I don't think Bradley yeah. Beal's going anywhere. I mean, I guess we'll see, uh, who am I forgetting Bon temps? Um, I guess Kyrie, I guess Kyrie's going to be, yeah, Kyrie could be a free agent. Yeah. Uh, James Harden could be a free agent. Yeah. Harden, Zach Levine um... could be a, Zach Levine <laughs> will be a free agent. Bradley Beal could be a free agent. There's a few guys. As a, I, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't think Beal's going anywhere. But no. as a real quick, as a real quick aside, before I talk about Jalen Brunson, in all the 
Michigas that was going on around the the. the, the I, I need a definition trade. before you continue on that one. Craziness. Noise. Okay. Noise yeah. is a way to put it. That was going around, like James Harden could have signed his player option uh, paperwork. Like it, it's it's complicated, but long story short, he the, the Sixers were like, okay. James, you get to opt into your deal uh, as part of this transaction, you know, for next year. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. And then he didn't sign it. And he got asked about it. He goes, hey, why didn't you sign that? He's like, oh, I just, uh, I'm so excited about getting here. I forgot to sign it. Oh. I was like. Because Daryl's like, pretty good at reminding folks of things when he, want, when he, when he needs to. Well, it's kind of a important detail. You know, I, I, like, I frequently forget, you know, eight figure decisions right you know like oh you're packing you're having your stuff packed up you're you're getting the you know the the car to go catch the g5 down to philly uh what did we forget did, did we forget to lock the door or did we forget to pick up that 40 million dollar option i can't remember anyway yeah, it's like packing a toothbrush you know it's a lot I, of similarities I just, I just thought that was kind of a little bit of a like it just sort of passed under the bridge and i was like huh okay well just take a little note and i'm just that's doing it. But anyway, just just for housekeeping, when he got asked about it, this is this is what he said. Uh, what happened with the opt in? I still have the opportunity to sign it. And will you? Yeah, but everything happened so fast. I just wanted to get here and take my time and most importantly, focus on the end game. And that's winning a championship. Right. So, just like so we said, have it just so we have it on the record. So yeah, just so we have it on the record for what he said. Exactly. There it is. Yeah. Everything happened so fast. Yeah. OK. Uh, I didn't feel fast for Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> I think they would have made a little bit of time to make sure that would, that signature got done. But what do I know? Um, he has a so, very detailed signature. It might take a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, he um, Brunson, like, and as I was talking to executives around the trade deadline, teams are like, oh, they want to clear space to sign Jalen Brunson. The Knicks want him. The, the Pistons want him. You know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Maybe the. Maybe the Mavericks will do a trade to clear cap space so they can extend him now, give him more money now and all this. Like there was an incredible amount of Jalen Brunson discussion at the trade mm -hmm. deadline about his free agency. Well, anyway, a lot, a lot of Michigas. Yeah. They're, good job. Good is that a, what language is that? Yiddish. Yiddish. I believe. Um, I lived in New York for a while. Yeah. The, so, now there's Michigas and him ended up in Michigan. <laughs> um, so he's having a career year. I like that Bon Temps. There's some Michigas with uh, with Bon I'm just impressed he got the word out. Morning. I'm just impressed he got the word out, big man. Um, and yes, there was. So uh, <laughs> uh, he's averaging 16 points, but man, he is such a playmaker. He's uh, such it, a playmaker. He's such a good fit to play with Luca because Brunson is. First of all, Brunson obviously is a winner. You knew that coming out of Villanova. You know, two-time champion in NCAA. You know, he's got the pedigree of of, of being a, a longtime NBA player's son. So, you know, he he comes in and he's a, he's a second-round pick because he's not big, he's not you know explosive. He's you know he's there, there, nothing about him jumps out. Now, he was the, a winner in college, but man. yeah, but he's just the guy is just a he's a smart guy. He's gotten better and better, uh, you know, skill-wise. He understands, okay, here's exactly how I can fit in. And so he's he's become great at playing off of Luca, you know, being an off-ball threat who can be that secondary playmaker, 
also understand, okay, hey, for whatever it is, 12, 14 minutes a night, I'm going to be the lead playmaker. You know, that now they've got Dinwiddie. Um, so they're always going to have at least one more playmaker. And, and in small sample sizes, actually that three-guard lineup is, has been very effective, including uh, the comeback against the Warriors in San Francisco. Um, but so, and, and then Brunson, he's just a, like, he's the exact kind of guy you want in the locker room. He's never going to do anything you got to worry about. He's never going to say anything you got to worry about, but all the guys respect him. He doesn't say a whole lot, but what he says, you know, those guys, it's, it's an EF Hutton kind of situation. It's probably a dated uh, reference, but when he speaks up, when he speaks you know, up, you know, EF Hutton's listen. favorite player was, uh, I'm trying Bob to think of guys. <laughs> I was trying to think. I was trying to think of a player whose initials were ES. That was, that was actually well done by you, Brian. I'm impressed. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, look. And the other thing about Brunson, the, yeah, the other, yeah, exactly. The other thing about Brunson too. I mean, your point about free agency is just not a lot of guys who are unrestricted free agents at 25 who are, you know, kind of exactly the kind of guy everybody's trying to find now, right? Tough, versatile, um, you know, solid defensive player can run an offense, like McMahon says, a great guy in the room. So yeah, I, can, I can, can play off the ball as well. Yep. Makes a lot. He, you know, he certainly, you know, there, there's been plenty of comparisons with Fred Van Vliet with him. I, I think if you sort of, you watch him, it's not hard to see where they come from. And I, I could see why a lot of these teams, like you look at the Knicks, the Knicks desperately need a young point guard that can, you know, grow with that team going forward. So I could see why there's a lot of uh, interest in him. And to go back to Jason Kidd real quick, Obviously, I spent a bunch of time with Jason early on in his career uh, as a coach, and I think it's easy to forget that he went right from playing to coaching the Nets and then obviously had the, the you know, the attempted coup and then went to Milwaukee and everything mm-hmm. else that went on. And the last couple of Lawrence, years, I think Lawrence Frank sent to write reports. That was, well, yes, there, was, there were many there. Are, there you could I could write probably multiple books about well, that. Was Lawrence Frank sitting next to you on press row? He was not. <laughs> he was not in the gym. Uh, that, yeah, I could, I could write, I could, there's many, many, we could do many pods on just that season alone, but I think it, for Jason Kidd, one of the best basketball players of all time, one of the most successful winners in a lot of respects of all time, even though the only, only one that won yeah. championship everywhere he went, he won. I mean, he got the, the last couple, two finals, which is you know. right. And the last couple of years were, he kind of had to sit in the failure of what happened in Milwaukee, especially as the bucks went on to win. And even though he wanted a championship as an assistant coach, it wasn't the same thing as mm-hmm. leading a team. And I think to your point about how he's gone in there and really changed his approach, I have not talked to Jason about it directly, but it seems to me that he's spent a lot of time and he's talked about spending a lot of time thinking about things he could have done differently. And he seems to have actively gone out of his way to try to approach this thing differently. And like you said about getting guys to buy in, we talked about this a bunch last summer, man, when he got hired, the big question was, how is he going to get on? with Luca, like, is that going to yeah. go well? Or is it going to go bad? And Luca's obviously a guy who, you know, you've, like you said, you've well-documented his situation with Rick and he's not an, you watch him play. He's on the officials all the time. And he's, he could be a difficult guy to deal with. And for a team to play defense like this, you have to get everybody on the same page and buying in. And I think it's a real credit to Jason that he's walked in and got those guys playing in a way that, I mean, look, I thought if you told me they were going to be playing like this, I didn't think they'd have a 13th ranked offense and a second ranked defense. Like I yeah. thought it'd be the other way around. Mm-hmm. And like the fact he's got him guarding like this, it's, it's a real credit to him and the job that he's done. Now that we've said all that, they'll probably get beat by the Warriors tonight. And we'll have egg all of our face. <laughs> um, so bond temps, we have a big moment here. If you have a long time listener of this pod, you, you know that 
McMahon had a, a valued segment for years that went away. Well, we're bringing it was it banned. It was banned. It was banned. It was banned just like your theme song was banned. Uh, <laughs> and that and that theme song is not coming back. I'm sorry to say. I might but, start singing right now. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. Warm up with the hottest games live with Vivid Seats. No matter the sport, Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you can score free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, an annual birthday discount, and more. They're the only ticket company in the game that rewards fans for every purchase. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP. H-O-O-P. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Baddest dude in all the land. Uh, Texas blood is thick as mud, which is a terrific way to describe it. (laughs) It is time, since we just had a month conclude, we are bringing back McMahon. Do it. The cojones factor, <laughs> player of the month. If we need to tone it down, we can call it the co-jones factor. But we, it's coming back, baby. And uh, I mean, co-jones is so much worse, so we the better bosses, not be call it that. <laughs> here's, what the, here's, what the, here's how the conversation with the, the bosses have with me. Hey, uh, you know, we can bring that segment back uh, from McMahon. And I was like, oh, that'll be great. He'll love that. And he's like, But can we give it like a different maybe – more creative, less offensive name. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm not so sure about that. So McMahon has the listen, our guy, factor. our guy, our guy is Ben McMahon for a reason. He can't be going off of his, he can't be, yeah. going, you, can't be losing his reputation. Do, do you guys want voting privileges in this? No, no, it's your, no, no it's okay. your thing. Man. Okay. Okay. I was, I've got four candidates. I've got them ranked. If you need help with something, I will give my opinion, but it's your, it's your award. Well, the other thing is asking you to chime in on, on any kind of cojones <laughs> is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, wow. you know, that's like, it's like asking Luke to enter a dunk contest. Although maybe, I guess, I, I guess, I guess his slam on Dwight's head. Uh, proves there's hope that would have been, that would have been better than anything I saw in Cleveland in the dunk contest. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Here we go. Speaking of Luca, he is the honorable mention cojones factor player of the month. I, I, I read their, their recent clutch stats. Luca for the month of February, ranked second in clutch scoring, 30 points. Second also in assists with five. Tied for ninth in rebounding was plus 14 in 23 minutes. Had some signature shots. You know, had some, well, at least played a role in some stops. So I, I, I wish I had an award. Like maybe I can print out like a little certificate to hand Luca because I know how much he would really value the honor of being the honorable mention Cajones Factor Player of the Month for the month of February. He might have some valued over anything else. He might like have Euro some League Championship, Olympics, Cajones Factor Honorable Mention. Yeah, two times. Right, right in the yeah, same, right year, the same two-time first-team All-NBA. <laughs> <laughs> 
but he's a he's the honorable mention. If he's honorable mention, I'm going to be curious to see what the rest of this list is. That's there, a pretty gaudy pretty, stats. There's some pretty strong candidates here, and uh, so the bronze medalist for me. This is a guy who you know I took some shots at. Last Brian, you year. might have to. This might have been a bad idea, Brian. This is going to become a 25 minute segment once a month. I'm, I'm getting to <laughs> it. If you yeah, this up. is going to be the last part of the podcast. I'm just making the uh, <laughs> we're scrapping the last topic. So let it let it fly. Let it fly. <laughs> I, I, I took a shot at this gentleman for, uh, you know, his uh, his extended celebration of the three point contest and some comments he's made. Um, you know him as as Carl Anthony Towns. Wow, AKA Carl, Carl Towns getting a Cohones factor. Well, he's known amazing. by he's, he's known by the acronym of cat. I'm going to start referring done. to him. I'm going to start. Done. Listen, he's the this bronze medalist. I'm going to start referring to him by another acronym. It's not doesn't roll off the tongue quite as well, but I'm going to refer to him as uh, Spigs Bemote. That is Spigs Bemote. This is this is terrible. No, no, Spigs Bemote, self-proclaimed greatest shooting big man of all times. This is terrible. It's got a little flow to it. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. That's terrible. AKA Spigs Bemote. Listen, (laughs) if you're going to say you're the greatest shooting big man of all time, (laughs) you got to hit a bunch of uh, Zach Lowe calls. So clutch is five last five minutes. Score than five. Correct. Zach Lowe refers to. The last three minutes of one possession game, last three minutes scored within three. He calls it super clutch time. I'm going to refer to it as cutting time, and you can you can figure that mm-hmm. out. Cutting time. That's a lot well, better than whatever the hell you were saying, Carl Towns. Is this before. has been the biggest two weeks of Carl's career. Spigs, boom. well, for, yeah, and he does get a bump for winning the three point contest and for having. What the, you, wait, wait a minute. How can you have, give this guy a bump for that when you just destroyed him for it last week? Because you got to have cojones to celebrate this that is, hard. This and that's unbelievable. Thing. I mean, cojones is the combination of swag and clutch. There was you, some swag involved. You stopped but, giving out this award and completely lost the plot. This is Shut unbelievable. Up. Shut up. <laughs> the man was four for four from three during cutting time in the, in the month of February. It was plus 17 in those situations. That's he highlighted. He hit a huge there three to, to beat the Cavs the other night, mm-hmm. claiming the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse is his home court. As he there you go. Two big moments in the last and, month. Yeah, that, and that was like, there was like 12 points some odd seconds left, and yep. he just rose up and knocked that down. So he's got the bronze medalist now. You know, I gotta. We gotta give love to the most hated big man in Nebraska. We gotta give love to the Joker, the man who Wendy is just always taking unnecessary. I thought you were saying Brian out. for a second. I didn't get the joke at first. I thought you were gonna give Brian the Coney's factor for some reason. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, the Joker last month had both a buzzer-beating assist in a one-point road win and a buzzer-beating block in a one-point road win. One, the assist. In uh, San Francisco to beat the Warriors, the uh, the block swatting OJ and Anobi at, at the uh, at the rim uh, to beat the Toronto or the Raptors in Toronto. So the silver medalist Nikola Jokic. Can I get like a drum roll or like no, Sam Cassell? No, swat, no. uh, no. o- it was impressive when he swatted OJ and Anobi. What he but the OG and Anobi. <laughs> That's what I said. Uh, you you messed it easy. up. I, I, I missed. I, I missed. I missed stuff all the time. Go ahead, gold medal. Get this thing over with. Gold medal. Man, what do you? You got something better to do? You got a flight to miss or something? Shut listen, up. I, Shut up, listen, Tim. I, I thought we were handing out an award, not like not like an all cojones factor. <laughs> you give me a damn. Hey, you give the month. You give me a damn segment. I'm gonna make the most of it, baby. I'm clearly. Listen, the, give them the per, runway. Let perhaps I'm gonna say. You thought the trivia segment was long. 
<laughs> yeah, right. You can, yeah, you rattled off 14 trivia questions. I've got four guys I'm mentioning here for a whole there damn month. Jesus. The front runner for Cajones Factor Player of the Year, I'm gonna, I'm gonna proclaim right now, is the guys getting it for the month. Uh, DeMar DeRozan led the league. I mentioned Luca had 30 clutch points. DeRozan had 40. Uh, 13 of 23 from the floor in the clutch. Guess how many it's of those three-point shots? Guess how many? Zero. Guess one. None. Nada. Yeah. Nunca. Yeah. Uh, just the 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 master of the mid-range. The Bulls six and two in clutch situations. And in, in, in cutting time, the man had 17 points, five of seven shooting. DeMar DeRozan, the Chicago Bulls, the, the tail wagging, the cojones hagging, <laughs> or uh, hanging, baby. DeMar DeRozan, cojones factor, is, player is a fitting, of the month. It is a fitting February. team. It is a fitting team to have it come back for. And I will say, DeMar. When, when like, he's concerned about they, some, they, some editing they, might be necessary. They, they call the Bulls, not the cows. Is that right? Is that well, what you're saying? You're damn straight. You know, the, the, Bulls, the Bulls have struggled especially defensively with the Caruso and Lonzo out They're They're now down in the twenties on defense, sort of where I thought they'd be at the beginning of the year. And DeMar has just saved them time after time, after time with massive shot after and, massive shot in big moments. See, you know, he's been amazing for them. And this it's year. crazy because you know exactly what's coming. You know, he's going to have the ball in his hands. You know, he's going to, you know, create a mid range look and he just lot, keeps on getting to his spots, keeps on yep. rising up and keeps I on mean, knocking them down. It's a lot like Paul Pierce, Brian. You used to watch Paul Pierce and all those games with LeBron. Like DeMar just gets to that. He kind of like Paul sort of works himself to that same 17 foot elbow jumper and just gets it off every time. I mean, you have to say, like at the end of his career, when he was in his 30s, the 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 footwork that Michael Jordan has that had. Mm-hmm was amazing he would find he knew where he needed to go knew how he was going to get there and this is like the first time you could legitimately compare a bull to jordan i mean because you know obviously rose was won the mvp but he won the mvp with power derozan with and tomorrow with kobe disciple kobe disciple yeah, does kobe, all the, yeah. you know has the whole kobe package yeah. you know i mean he's he's been unbelievable for yeah, all, all, all the pump fakes, all that kind of stuff. He's, um, I mean, and look, we, we all knew it was coming when they made that sign. And I know that I was, I was telling everybody in the world, that's the best free agency sign in the summer. Look out for the bulls. <laughs> yeah. We were stunned that they gave him that much money. We're like, who else is bidding for DeMar DeRozan? If that kind of money, we were stunned. I remember I, I, I was in Tokyo. I, I think Bontemps had him in the lottery. I, I, I might've been right <laughs> next to him. Oh, listen, I, listen, I, I thought the fit on offense would be great. I thought the fit on defense was going to be rough and Caruso and Lonzo lifted their defense to a level. I didn't think it would get to. And DeMar has been like, I let DeMar be a great fit there. Sort of being a point guard with a bunch of shooting around him. But I mean, I don't think anybody could have guessed he'd be like this. I mean, he's been insane and it's just hit. Like you said, I mean, he's hit one massive shot after another. Like if you're going to pick a clutch guy of the year, there's no question it's DeMar. Have you seen, have you seen the comparison of, of DeRozan to Jordan's age 32 season? I haven't. I haven't, but I'm sure it's uncanny how similar it is. Like the numbers are. Yeah. Well, DeMar's like you said, if if you were blind, you wouldn't know which one was, which DeMar's shooting more threes than he ever has this year. And he's still not shooting a lot. I mean, it's, I mean, he's got a nineties game. I mean, it's all, you know, 17, 18 footers. Like I said, it's why it reminds me of Paul Pierce. Cause that was always Paul's best skill. He, he would just find a way to kind of work the defense to where he wanted and he'd always get his shot. And DeMar's the same way. Like, you, like you said, McMahon, you know exactly what's coming and down the stretch of these games, he just 
methodically gets to his spot and more often than not, he's making it. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective podcast. Thank you to Jackson, our producer. Thank you to Bontemps for the trivia and McMahon for the factor player of the month. You, you think that's coming back for March? Yeah, I told you. the This came from Jimmy Pitaro himself down through the layers <laughs> of, uh, of, uh, instru- of uh, the power structure to me. And I, I have allowed I thought it. thought you were so, top uh, of the power structure. Clearly not. Uh, maybe even lower after this post. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Adios, amigos. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One.